AI machine learning is fundamentally changing collaboration and we see it inside of teams. Teams are very liquid. We need to keep up with the way our people like to work. It has truly made us more efficient. This is exactly what we've been waiting for. This is how we think the world of tomorrow will work. Welcome to Teams On Air, where we bring you the latest on modern collaboration and intelligent communications in Office 365. You're listening to a bonus episode of Teams On Air. Enterprise Connect has a 27-year history that brings together industry experts, analysts, and customers to talk about issues and trends in enterprise communication and collaboration. In anticipation of all the great speakers and experts at Enterprise Connect, we set up the Teams On Air podcast studio where I interviewed 17 guests that included colleagues, partners, and customers who innovate for Microsoft Teams and use the product on a daily basis. You don't want to miss any of these great conversations. Microsoft makes an annual investment of over $17 billion in research and development, and we bring that innovation and learnings from the research into products like Microsoft Teams so you can achieve more in whatever you do. Our hardware partners have expertise that range from audio and video to telephony, and we work with them to bring our intelligent communications vision to life. And I believe it's pretty magical. These episodes were recorded live on the Enterprise Connect show floor and cover a broad range of topics, including artificial intelligence, augmented reality, whiteboarding, mobility, modern meeting spaces, and their devices, personal audio devices, telephony, live streaming, modern administration, and all of our latest announcements. This will be a great way for you to catch up. Before we transition to these interviews, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to Teams on Air. This helps us know if we're delivering value to you as well as create new content that meets your needs. Remember, this is exclusive bonus content of the podcast. If you've liked what you heard, tell your colleagues and friends to subscribe. All right, let's get to the next interview. Hi, welcome to another episode of Teams on Air. Today, I have a very special guest, Jamie Stark. Hi, Jamie. Welcome back. Come on, all of your guests are very special. (laughs) How am I a special guest? I'm another another warm body here at Microsoft. (laughs) Yes, and a very important warm body. And um, you represent now our... The conversation that I'd love to have with you today here is about the IT professional, given your new role at Microsoft. For those of you who don't know, Jamie Stark used to be um, on my team, but now he's on the engineering team and he focuses on... I get to look after the um, IT Pro experience for um, Skype for Business online and Microsoft Teams, specifically the administration console. So the the web UI that IT pros would use to be able to configure policies, to change around settings, and to to do all the things that are necessary to to tune the experience of Office 365 specifically for our communications products and uh, make it appropriate for their businesses, right? So. Um, you know, not one size. One size does not fit all. That's I guess right. would be, uh, be one way to one way to think about it. Um, lots of companies have different requirements with respect to, you know, how they want to have you know messaging work within Teams mm-hmm. or. Um, if they want to set up, uh, want to set up different dial-in numbers with our audio conferencing capability. If they want to have different meeting policies, um, and so we've we've had uh, this capability 
in the Office 365 Admin Center as a part of a, as kind of separate, um, separate admin center specifically focused around first um, Link Online and then Skype for Business Online. Um, we're actually redesigning all of that. So we're so we're 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 kind of tearing all that down, and we're bringing that into uh, a new administration portal, and we're we're kind of having um, the opportunity where where we're we're bringing a lot of the team's capability into that administration portal as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so today um, when folks do manageability with teams, um, they're doing it um, from from kind of a tenant level. So essentially, I have the ability to 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 go and make changes with respect to the way that that teams operates. But those changes impact the way that everybody uses Teams within the tenant. Um, and so we want to enhance that capability for our, uh, for our customers and instead have that be available on a per user basis. Nice. You know? We've been talking a lot of this here about the 120 million users and the 200,000 organizations. That's fantastic that stats. Have been, That's just amazing. I know, it's yeah. the, and the growth rate is just been <laughs> just amazing. Fantastic. You know, six yeah. months ago, it was 125,000 organizations. Now it's 200,000. Um, but you know, we haven't really spent more time on like, okay, how do you manage 120 yeah, what, million what, users? Yeah, right. What, what are these? What are these organizations <laughs> actually going to do? Yeah, right. No, and and they're all different, right? And, yeah. and so that's that's one of the interesting opportunities we have is that you know they're they're all different types of companies that are using Office 365. They're all different types of companies that are using Teams. Um, and so we we have an opportunity to go and talk with a wide range of them and yeah. to and to figure out you know what are their what are their requirements. Um, how do they think about manageability? You know, how many policies are they? I mean, yeah. down to the granularity of you know, how many policies are you think you're going to need? Do you do you really want to think about you know the the lawyers in New York having a different meeting policy than the salespeople in in you know in Kansas versus the developers in Seattle? Yeah. So on that note, tell me what is top of mind for the IT professional now in this modern workplace? What are they thinking about? Um, you know, I, I think you know, most importantly, I, I hear IT pros in, you know thinking about how to ensure that the solution that they're rolling out to their end users is has the security and has the compliance and and fits within the policy framework of their business mm -hmm. um, you know so this is why we use the um, we use the terminology of policies within within our admin framework um, because we really do think that it needs to relate directly to the business policies yeah. and, the, and the business requirements that that the customers have so that handbook that employee handbook that you have yeah to, right like, yeah it should that we all read work. that we all read end to end at Microsoft right it's only so Seven thousand pages long. No, well, I mean that's the thing. Like, and 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 different companies have different I, I, mores, I guess, in, with in the way to in the way to yeah. think about this. Where, where you know, here at Microsoft, like you know, we're all admins of our own you know local machines. We can install software. We can do all this kind of great stuff um, with respect to our to our workstations. We have a lot of latitude. Um, a lot of companies don't have the opportunity to 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 do that kind of uh, to do that kind of thing or to have that. That kind of um, that kind of freedom, you know. Maybe they're in a in a regulated environment. Maybe they're government. Maybe they're um, have cases where they have you know drastically different types of, of end users. Everybody needs to have the the facility for great software, though. Mm -hmm. And so we want to provide the capabilities for customers to be able to to kind of tune the experience appropriate for all those yeah. different types of users. What are they asking around security and compliance? You know, obviously, they're, they they want to make sure that you know everything is everything's encrypted end to end, and that and that there's you know all the right tools to be able to assert that 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 the, these things are you know continuing to remain secure and continuing to remain compliant. Um, 
they're thinking about, you know, the especially in regulated industries, you know, the different laws and, and regulations that that are appropriate to them. Um, we see these as as you know radically different across the world, and that's mm -hmm. one of the fun challenges of of kind of doing this stuff at Microsoft is that we don't just think about a kind of English U.S. sort of sort of orientation. We we think about it worldwide, and in a lot of cases, there's um, dramatic differences in the yeah. way that the way that different organizations. I think hear about that there's stuff. a difference in the English in the U.K. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. and, and, and in fact, like, and, and I think there's a couple different dimensions there, right? Like, there's a dimension around, you know, the the, the kind of laws and the and the regulations that are appropriate for for users at work. But then there's also, you know, cases where you know the the U.S. and 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 um, the U.S. and and Europe have very different telephony requirements, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm if I'm porting numbers, for example, and I'm doing that in Europe, um, there are there are significantly different requirements there to assert that I actually own those numbers, that those numbers are appropriate to port from my existing organization into into Skype for Business or into Microsoft Teams. Um, and so we we need to you know understand those and actually engineer those into the product, and we want to you know drastically lower the barrier to entry for customers to be able to get into our product. And so we want to make that really easy. We don't want to have to you know have you know someone try you know a dozen times to go import their numbers, and each time we go, no, that didn't work because you know that that wasn't appropriate to you know X regulation or you know Y scenario. Um, we want to try to engineer those into the product as best yeah. we can. Yeah. Now that we're moving into this uh, modern workplace that's powered by cloud computing, is everyone ready for that transformation? I know we're always talking about the cloud, the cloud, but there's reasons for people to evaluate and decide to stay on-prem. Yeah, no, that's so true. And and I've, I've had, I've had a lot of opportunities to, to be here working at the booth. We're, we're literally recording this, right, in, in yeah. the booth here <laughs> on Enterprise Connect Show floor. Um, Delonda actually had to tear me away from um, two partners and a customer <laughs> to, to come in here and uh, and uh, and do the recording. Um, and and a lot of the, the conversations that I've been having are customers that um, have today some some type of server scenario or some type of on-premises scenario, whether that's us with Skype for Business Server, whether that's a, a, a competitive you know PBX on-premises product, mm -hmm. or, a, or you know many times an amalgam of the two, you know where Skype is taking care of some workloads. The PBX is taking care of other workloads. Um, maybe that's maybe that's different based on the user population. And functionally, you know, their questions always become, you know, I I see that Teams is going to be the future thing. I see that you guys are are, are clearly going to be going to Teams, and and we want to we want to take advantage of that, and we want to be able to put ourselves in the best position as possible to be able to 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 take the stuff on because it's amazing, it's great, and it's phenomenal. Um, Maybe they don't use those words. Maybe those are my <laughs> own words. I'm a little biased in this conversation. Um, but you know, how how should we think about this? Um, and and how should we think about you know both being gentle to our end users and and being you know sympathetic with with what it goes through when they get new software thrown at them, yeah. but also to ensure that they have the right tools to be able to do their jobs, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's um, it, or it, even assure them that they can still be on prem if they don't want to be. Oh, right? of course. Like, yeah. Like, you, you know. If you want to, for whatever reason, make a business decision to stay on-prem, that we've made a commitment to the Skype for Business server, and then that will continue to be an option for you. Actually, had a great conversation with a customer that works in a highly regulated industry, and um, and he was he was hearing from compliance that they had some really specific um, scenarios, and they're they're on-prem today with Skype for Business, and they're rolling out very aggressively. Um, and, but they had some really specific scenarios where if they were having meetings 
and only internal people were in the meetings, they wanted to have one experience, but as soon as an external person came in, they wanted to have that experience be different, um, and, and different in really specific ways that was unique to their, to their business. And so we were kind of talking through a, a lot of the different kind of extensibility options that are available in the server, and, and yeah, we had a really frank conversation about going to the cloud, and, and they said, yeah, absolutely, we think that that's going to happen. And, 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 and right now that's outside of our planning time horizon, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. that's, and so they, you clearly, I think customers are seeing that, you know, when, when you have a near infinite amount of storage and processing and, and all these, you know, fantastic capabilities that are available in the cloud, you get a lot of fantastic features, both for IT pros and for end users. Um, yet at the same time, it takes a, it takes a while for the business yeah. and, and, and for the policies that we talked about earlier, you know, the policies that define the way that the business operates with respect to IT tools. Um, it takes a while for the business to kind of catch up with yeah. that and, and realize like, oh, actually we can, we can continue to be compliant. Microsoft has all these compliance needs already figured out yeah. for us. We can assert that these are secure. We can ensure that everything is archived and that, yeah. and that, and you know, and all these, you know, um, particular, you know, scenarios are covered, right? It's almost all these outside forces that, um, that you kind of have to combat first. You, does it meet our regulatory requirements? Does it meet our culture requirements? Does it meet our business policy requirements? Right, right. And then if it does, then you can make a decision on whether or not you need to go on-prem or in the cloud. So, it's a so, journey. Yeah, so we have to have a lot of sympathy for our IT pros out yeah. there, right? Because our IT pros are having to, having to process through a lot of these business types of um, types of you know the fundamentals, along with a lot of the technical fundamentals, like like you know literally the next the next question that would you know that would come after me at the booth after you know having kind of business oriented conversations would be you know super detailed about you know protocols and 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 SIP diagrams and you know all of these you know really mm -hmm. um, really kind of fundamental ways in which the product operates and, and you know and so I have a lot of sympathy for IT pros having to having to keep kind of both sides of, of you know of this in their head and so. Um, it's one of the reasons why I want to give them an admin experience that is as clean, as <laughs> easy, as functional, and um, and that ultimately I think that we can we can get to a point where you know especially in the cloud where we can bring a lot of the intelligence of the cloud into the IT pro experience. I you know and I I don't know it'll be interesting to see how we um, how we actually bring this to life. But yeah. this is something that that more and more I've been thinking about just as as a function of my day job. Um, here at Microsoft is, you know, where are the areas that that we can that we can use, you know, intelligence to bring, you know, actionable insights into mm -hmm. into the organization. Um, this is a good transition. So tell me, like, you've been having a lot of conversations with customers yep. here today, and in general, Absolutely. you've talked to a lot of customers. <laughs> if you could come up with an evaluation criteria, let's say a checklist, what okay. would be on that checklist? A checklist for for them to decide if is the cloud solution that they're choosing Microsoft Teams and or other <laughs> is the right one for them. What should they be looking for? Uh, you know, I think first and foremost, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a function of the user experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and, and but what I mean by that is not just that this stuff is easy to use, but that, that folks will actually can have the ability to take that on and have that be a part of their day-to-day -day business processes. Um, and, and I think it's related in, in a lot of ways to the way that we think about, um, the way that we think about delivering software today to, 
to, to folks, to, to companies. Um, you know, we deliver software now through a subscription model. Mm -hmm. And so it's and so it's super important as part of that subscription model that 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 folks actually use this stuff, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> because because like any other subscription, you know, whether it's or it's you know the box of chocolates that yeah. gets sent to you every month, <laughs> yeah. or whether it's your Netflix or whatever, if if all of a sudden you look at this and you go, oh, I don't I don't really need this anymore. You just cancel it and yeah. you move on, right? Yeah. And that's the last thing we want people yeah. to do. I realize that, like, I, I look at my my bank statement. And I realize I haven't used that service. Yeah, right. In months, like. Oh, really? I was. Uh, I was let me log into my account and, like you said, end yeah, subscription. Not, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. Wait, wait, oh, you know, Amazon sending me you know laundry soap every you know. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> like, I've, I've I've done something else. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, like, and that's with any kind of subscription. You know, that's that's something that we we pay tons of attention to because we we desperately want folks not only to continue to you know subscribe to Office three sixty five but to have it be valuable yeah. and to have it actually, uh, to have it be a, a fundamental part of, of the way that they they think about operating their business. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, with respect to the checklist, I think that that's just absolutely critical. And that's why I'm, I, I love the fact that that at Microsoft, we, we, we fund this in a very real way for Office 365 customers. And we actually have this going on at the booth. I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about it a bunch, but, um, you know, where we have fast track engineers who are, who are Microsoft full-time employees who, who are, who are real, like hardcore engineers and know all the technology, but also have worked with a ton of customers from a business perspective. And, and we literally sit down with them here in the booth and start planning out, okay, here's the, here's the, the, the your kind of state of Office 365 as it exists today. And how do you want to, how do you want to continue forward? And where are some of the things that you can, you can take advantage of? And having that both from a business perspective and from a, um, and from a technology kind of feature perspective right. as well. Yeah. No, and that's just, um, I think it's key. And it's, just, it's, a, it's a great way that we can, um, you know, as we're, as we're taking our time here to actually have, you know, very real conversations um, with customers to help them kind of get the most yeah. out of what they're doing. Well, so what kind of insights can we provide them that actually demonstrate value? From a uh, from a product perspective, yeah, you know, so so definitely with respect to usage, like how many folks are are using Teams, um, what's that usage look like? We continue to drive more and more detail into that. Mm -hmm. um, so something that we want to get to is to be able to have kind of usage based on a channel perspective instead yeah. of based on a team perspective. Thinking about usage not just from a user perspective, but but across groups. Wait, you know, take so, a step back for a second. So we can see down to the channel. Is the channel being effective? Today we see it down to the. Team. We know we need to take that even further to, oh, okay. to go down into the gotcha. to go down into the channel. But that's yeah. good level of insight that you can right. even see. Like, are you know, do you have the right number of channels and are yeah. they are accurately utilized? Absolutely. Yeah. And we're actually we've done a bunch of learning now. You know, Teams is one as of today. So we've done we've done a bunch of learning around when does it make sense to create a team versus when does it make sense to create a channel and how should mm. you think about those two things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you know, in early days in our implementation of Teams, you know, we had one giant team and a million channels in it. Yeah. You know, is that was that the right approach for us versus, you know, doing something slightly different with, you know, kind of different um, security boundaries of the team yeah. and organizational boundaries that that are that are created within the within the environment. Um, and I think that that we've done a ton of learning with our customers in this front, um, and we've been able to also have that be inculcated into the fast track process. So now, as folks get onboarded into Teams and our folks are doing this stuff in fast track, you know, we actually have insights to say, hey, listen, this is the this is probably the optimal way for you to kind of organize this. And it's not to have IT be a big, you know, kind of 
regulatory hand and, you know, kind of keep this stuff, um, you know, kind of keep this stuff. can become consultants. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And say, you know, and, and that way, you know, again, it's providing the, the kind of the kind of greatest value for the uh, for the for the organization as possible. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So let's imagine, so they went through this checklist, they've discovered all the value factors and they gotten a lot of insights to help them with the adoption. You know, what do you think that, what what are the reasons why IT professionals should choose Microsoft Teams and Office 365? You know, um, you know, first the stats that you were sharing a little bit earlier around the the scope of our cloud and the and the kind of massive amounts of investment that we have there, it is it it really is transformative. Um, I think you know fundamentally from a product perspective, it means that as we as we have investments, you know whether those are intelligence or whether those are in in graph and and, and whatever like those. Those ex- extend across the whole product suite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I almost think about it in a, in a kind of one plus one equals four sort of, uh, sort of approach where as we have fundamental investments into that platform, those percolate all over the place within the product and within yeah. the service. Um, we saw that a bunch in the keynote today, you know, where you know we have fundamental translation services that have been that have been a part of Azure and that have been in different areas of Office 365 for a long time, and now those now those show up in Teams, where yeah. you know when when somebody is communicating in their native language in Teams, I have one button to press, and then I can see that being translated in real time automatically into my native language. This is something that we we showed in the keynote. This is going to be coming out in the product in a little bit later, um, and so the. Those those kind of you know the massive level of investment that we have in our cloud you know really does translate into um, into into very kind of cool and necessary and I think business practical features that yeah. that customers can take advantage of you know the another you know kind of tack to take on it I've heard I've heard from customers generally thinking about cloud less as a security threat and more of a security opportunity as yeah. time goes on. Um, in the sense that any of the major cloud providers, you know, so us and, and Google and Amazon, like our business is, is so significantly tied into the cloud that any, any kind of threat there is, 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 really a, is really an existential crisis, right? Like yeah. we, we absolutely have to ensure that our cloud is trustworthy and a secure end to end. Um, and because uh, otherwise, like you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna use it. No right, one's gonna, no right. one take that take a chance on it. But the fact is, because we because we have that mentality, because we have that model, and that's our thinking around this stuff, we invest wildly into into security. We invest wildly into into you know understanding threats and protecting against them at a level that that an individual enterprise just can't match. Right. right? So yeah. so take advantage of the fact that we're investing on behalf of everybody yeah. with respect to with respect to this I stuff. I love the fact from the physical security of our data centers down to the actual the encryption and advanced threat protection that we have on top of the service. We've got it all covered. Down to even how we dispose of the technology. Oh, like right. if we have hardware, you know, it gets shredded and yeah, we, just like Yeah, we, we literally have to think about all of the and it's yeah. not to say that it's not saying that an enterprise can't do this. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that we can invest and we can spend in this at a rate that's that's beyond any other enterprise. Right. Right. And yeah. so 
you know, when you when you're thinking about you know the threats of 20 years ago, yeah, all right, maybe maybe it did make more sense to be able to run yourself on premises and you could physically stare at your servers and you could you know <laughs> ensure that your firewall, like I can assert that my firewall rules are okay and I can write a policy and I can make sure that you know nothing sideways is happening there. But in the in the kind of advanced persistent threat environment that we have today, where where threats can be can be funded by nation states, like that's just not a that's just not an area that enterprises I think can realistically can choose to can can realistically choose over a long term to, to really spend against right yeah and, and so, why you know you yeah, want well, yeah, well, right. to have their investment go to the d value that they're delivering to I their know. customers and I, I, we can exactly. have our investment go to the value to you right? exactly yeah you know, like, take all that take all those calories take all those people take all that investment and put it towards integrating your software mm -hmm. you know together with your business process put that into great adoption programs you can run with your employees put that into all of these other places that that are going to have a a, a a direct a direct impact into your business, right? That are that are really going to show um, that are really going to show you know down to the stock price, like that that my business was more productive and my business is is taking advantage of the software more, as opposed to you know essentially spending to ensure that you don't you know you know show up on the front page of the New York Times right. or <laughs> you know have to stand in front of the judge and say yeah no well yeah we kind of messed or up here. You have here. to stand and, in front of your shareholders and say right and your customers and say we've lost the data uh, we've you know lost value I or valuable IP all of that can you know we're not saying that we're Essentially, we can be there along the way and help you on that journey. Precisely. Yeah. No, and, and, and all the investments that we make are made at a scale and are made in a way that, that can benefit everybody, right? And, and that's, that, I think, is just a, it's a really neat thing. And, it, you know, you bring, up, um, you, know, you bring up that data loss question. Like, obviously, we're engineering data loss and data loss prevention into teams. Like, we think that that's a, that's a critical thing. Um, that's, good, that's on a roadmap. That's something that's going to be coming out in the future. Um, and we absolutely, it's just, that's a key sort of scenario. And we can engineer that, have that be operating in the cloud, have that um, continually be advanced and can and to have the signals from those processes mm -hmm. continue to improve that service. That's the other kind of great utility of the cloud is that when you have, what was the number of, how many billion sign-ins in Office 365 did they quote in the in the keynote? Like it was hundreds of billions of sign-ins in Office 365. Um, you know, millions and millions of meetings every day. Like all of those signals and all of that data, we have an opportunity to use to make the cloud better and to make the cloud more secure and to and, you know again provide additional insights for yeah. IT to be able yeah. to to be able to use to improve the utility of the service. Well, that's awesome. You know, I think having gone through this twenty-minute conversation. <laughs> For all you IT no, it hasn't been a twenty-minute conversation yet. No, she's lying. We got another. We we have another like dozen topics to talk about, right? I think IT professionals should now feel confident that they can invest in Office three hundred and sixty five, adopt Microsoft Teams, and know that they'll get the reporting, the infrastructure, the security, the support that they need in order to really be now be transformative into uh, more consultative natures as opposed to tactical. Um, data center operators. Ultimately, where, where, where I, 
I've been thinking a lot about what you know, the life cycle of the IT pro and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of, I think there's a life cycle with respect to how customers are consuming unified communication software and services. And there's a, and there's a life cycle of, of when they're in that consumption process of, of, how they, of how they proceed along. Like we have some customers that are still very early on with respect to Skype for Business and Teams. And we have some customers that have been using you know, Skype for Business and its prior incarnations of the product for years and years and years and have really extensive process and really extensive reporting and analytics all built out. Um, and, I, and I've been thinking a lot about you know, how the needs of the business, how the needs of that tenant, of that customer change over that life cycle, right? And so more and more of my, of my thinking around our designs and the, and the type of work that we're doing is around that, that kind of life cycle of the IT pro. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, what we're looking to do is, is to provide the right elements of value along the way. You know, just as a, as a dumb, really simple example, you know, for somebody that's, that has been running Teams for the last four years, let's say, we're not going to be giving them, you know, kind of insights and reporting around utilization. Like, they've already cracked the utilization nut, they're doing good, everyone's on Teams, everyone's happy with it. Instead, you know, maybe they're looking to prosecute that last, you know, one-tenth of one percent of bad calls that, that, are, that are still kind of happening around the organization tracking down, you know, what's the, what's the random firewall or what's the random, yeah. you know, um, firmware on the, on the, on the Wi-Fi network, yeah, you know, or router. Yeah, random device. The, yeah, the, exactly. The random phone that, you know, needs to be updated totally. for this one particular yeah, user. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, like as you get more and more sophisticated and as you get more and more advanced and kind of go along in this life cycle, your needs are going to change. And so shouldn't our tooling change with that? Shouldn't yeah. our tooling and shouldn't our insights and shouldn't the, 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 the elements that we're putting in front of the IT pro also change along that, along that life cycle? Yeah. Um, that's something that, that's, that's been really interesting interesting to me and that I'm I'm starting to kind of wrap my head around and, and if anyone has any any feedback on that we'd love to take that um, I could even envision in the future um, when we have these random or not random but you, now you're trying to uh, triage these last bit of users but now you can actually if you have the insights of where the problem is and you know you can identify what the problem is you can actually proactively fix them totally uh, and so I can see that definitely being something of additional value that we can bring to bring. There's also, I, I'm totally stealing this from my boss as we had a conversation just before I walked in here, but, you know, insights around like, oh, hey, I see that you're going to have a, a 4,000 person, you know, broadcast meeting that's going to be coming up. There's the, the new, you know, the, the new version of Teams on Air is going to be, is going to be coming out and you're going to be announcing some awesome, some awesome thing in the next broadcast. Um, you know, hey, just to be aware, you know, of where that, of where your, your users could potentially be coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, Delanda's going to be plugged into a hardwire instead of the instead of the wireless because at the time that this thing is scheduled that's our peak usage for a wireless and so we recommend that this yeah. meeting is going over a wire like there's no reason we have all of that data that's that's fundamentally a part of the graph in Office 365. We can take advantage of that and we yeah. can and we can provide those elements out to IT to to where they are in, in front of the mm -hmm. in front of the curve instead of you know you, you know being on the help desk and going oh yeah no we understand that something went sideways all right let me go and try to troubleshoot it like there's that the the concept of being proactive in the benefit of IT I think is yeah. is, is really cool and um, well, I don't we, know there's a there's a ton of opportunity there <laughs> well when you say we can do it I'm saying you can do it because we have very high expectations of you Jamie well I but, look forward <laughs> to coming back to future episodes of Teams on Air and showing all the cool stuff that we're building cool but before you go I want to ask you two questions how is your year been with teams and so what's what's been the biggest change for you 
Oh wow, this is this is this is crazy. And I've shared the story a couple of times with folks around the show, but um, I, I had this insight couple months ago that, um, okay, so a little bit of background first. I, I work with a development organization that's based out of Vancouver, um, British Columbia in Canada. And um, it's, a, it's a short three hour drive for me to bomb up there, spend a day with them, um, and then bomb back within the same day. So I'm very fortunate. Like I know a lot of folks work with development organizations that are halfway around the world and that's a, and that's a long haul. But still, with the, with the kind of pace of what's going on and, and you know, kind of day-to-day work, I get up there on the average about every three or four weeks. Um, and so we do a ton of work with teams. Um, we have we have a we have a channel dedicated to the developers. Um, we have all of our specs in there. We have all of our designs. We have all the the UA folks that do the writing and you know support organization. Everybody's in in this and and has you know kind of one source of truth as we're as we're going and developing the product. And um, and it's been fantastic. And I'm I. I I'm stunned at how quickly I became a team's fanboy yeah. on this stuff. And I realized now I use Skype for business just for federation. And so I can see in the not so distant future, like yeah. just just right down the road when teams gets federation capability that I'm not going to use Skype for business anymore because yeah. it has all of those capabilities that I am, that I need from a communications perspective. It's literally only missing one. And then from for all the other kind of day-to-day work that I do and working with specs and you know debugging stuff with dev and working with design and all that all that kind of work that is all happening within teams awesome and um, it's it's different to work out in the open it's um, it's it's really refreshing I love the I love being able to to, to source the the intelligence and the talents and the skills of, of all the different folks yeah. that yeah right of all the different everybody folks can in the see it and everybody can respond yeah precisely it has been and that's um, that is really different and I and I and I'm shocked at how quickly um, I became a, I became a fan of this and it, and it has really been um, essential in the manner in which that that I work with uh, with my development team and and yeah I know like just in the very near future like I have used Skype or some version of Skype or communicator or, or link. Since the almost since the inception of the product, right? Yeah. Like I was I wasn't around in the two thousand five days, but two thousand seven, like I was using beta three. And so from that point forward I've used some version of this client. Yeah. And um and now I'm 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 stoked that we're that we're making this change into teams. Um, the the capabilities that we showed you know here at the keynote were just were fantastic. The rate at which we can continue to put new and new fe- more new features into not just the the client but the service and all the other all the other clients from mobile and web is is unprecedented for what we've for what we've had experience in yeah. uh, in the unified communication space in the past. So um, no, it's been it's been remarkable. Well, this has been a fantastic. Oh, that was only one question, so we got to cut it short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much. You yeah, we're under the table. We're behind schedule because as I, I've had enough experience with you that m- mind learning, not machine learning, but mind learning knew I knew we were going to go over. But this was a, a really great conversation. Hey, and thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Jamie. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. All right. This ends uh, this episode of Teams on Air. 